Hey youth, it's Pastor Luke. I hope that you are blessed and encouraged by this awesome message. Continuing our series through 1 Peter tonight. So if you have a Bible, go to 1 Peter chapter three. 1 Peter chapter three is where we're gonna be tonight. And I've been loving doing this series. Last week, uh, we talked on marriage, which was awesome. That was the first ever in our high school youth group, which was fun to talk about that and um, you know, something that we don't normally talk about. Uh, so if you missed that message, go back and listen to it. It was really, really special. It was really cool. Uh, but tonight is gonna be a little bit more of a normal-ish message, I would say. So here's how this is gonna work. The first five minutes of this message are gonna be just like straight theology, okay? Just like studying the Bible. Uh, and then we'll get into more of what is gonna feel like more of a normal message. And the way that I'm organizing this message tonight is we're doing the very last part of 1 Peter chapter three first, because if you don't know what it's talking about, it sounds pretty crazy, okay? So we're gonna tackle that first, and then we'll move on to a little bit easier to digest, easier to understand. So 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 19, verse 19. It's talking about Jesus and what he did on the cross. And then it says, so he went and preached to the spirits in prison. This is after Jesus died on the cross. That's the scenario. That's what's going on. So he went and preached to the spirits in prison. Those who disobeyed God long ago when God waited patiently while Noah was building his boat. Only eight people were saved from drowning in that terrible flood. And that water is a picture of baptism, which now saves you, not by removing dirt from your body, but as a response to God from a clean conscience. It is effective because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now Christ has gone to heaven. He's seated in the place of honor next to God and all the angels and authorities and powers except his authority. So like I said, for the next couple minutes, we're just gonna unpack what's going on here just very simply. Because uh, I know if you read that verse, you're like, what? <laughs> what is going on here? Jesus like went to hell? Like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Okay, there are four main views of this scripture right here that we just read. There's four main interpretations of them. I'm gonna talk about two of them. The main held one that most people hold to, and then there's one that I think is a little bit more accurate, but there's people smarter than me that don't agree. So the most common understanding of what we just read is this. And again, this is just theology for you. I really wanna go through every verse of 1 Peter. That's why we're doing this. It's important. The first view of what we just read is that Jesus, after he was crucified on the cross and he died, before he resurrected from the grave, He's preaching to Old Testament believers who died before Christ's death, like Old Testament believers who had died, hadn't received the gospel, and they accepted the good news and are brought up to heaven with Jesus. That's the common, uh, that's the common understanding of what's going on in this verse. Uh, John Calvin, who's a theologian a long time ago, coined it the harrowing of hell, which is just really cool. But uh, <laughs> the, the, a different view that I hold to or that I lean more towards is that Christ descended to hell to announce to this one group of demonic power, demonic spirits, that what they attempted to do failed because he succeeded on the cross. In other words, Jesus went down to hell to let everybody down there know, hey, I won. 
That sounds pretty cool to me, that Jesus dies on the cross for our sins, takes a little field trip down to hell and goes, hey, everybody, what you try to do, like thwarting the plans of God and trying to get all these people off track, yeah, I beat you because I won victory on the cross. Boom, amen? Amen, awesome, that's basically it. So now we're on to the message, okay. First Peter chapter three, verse 13. If you, if a lot of that went over your heads, just go back and listen to the podcast. All right, first Peter three, 13. Now, who will harm you if you are eager to do good? For even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good if that is what God wants than to suffer for doing wrong. We're gonna break down that whole section of scripture for the next few minutes. And first and foremost, what's going on here, Peter the, the writer, the apostle Peter is affirming something. He is affirming the fact that as a follower of Jesus, you are going to feel different. You are going to feel like an outcast from time to time in this world following Jesus. If you feel like it's a lonely road, it's because it is more often than not. You're gonna be in places and spaces in parties, and backyards, and friends' houses, and at school, and in class, and on the field, and on the court, and in the dance room, okay? You're gonna feel like an outcast sometimes. Studio, you know what? Okay, you're gonna feel like an outcast. You're gonna feel like you don't belong. And can I tell you? It's because you don't. You don't belong. We're actually not of this world. Jesus said, I've saved you from the world. Peter's saying, you're, hey, I hear you. I know it's, it's rough being mocked for your faith. And I love that he says, but God will reward you. I would rather be seen poorly in the eyes of people because I follow Jesus and get whatever benefit comes from the world. I would rather be seen as victorious in God's sight because you know, I, I kind of dealt with the outcast thing, but I endured till the end. I endured in the faith. I said, you know what? People aren't gonna like me. People are gonna have problems with me, but I endured. If you're with me, say amen. And Jesus talks about this in John 15. He says, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belonged to it, but you are no longer part of this world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Now, we don't like that language because we wanna be accepted by everybody. We wanna be loved by everybody. We wanna be celebrated by everybody. We wanna be able to have our cake and eat it too, if you've ever heard that expression. We wanna be in and out. We wanna be in the world and in heaven. We wanna be in with these friends and this crowd and these parties but we also want the church thing. But Jesus says, man, a true test of your faith is how are you received by the world? Because if the world celebrates you all the time, no matter what, I would question how vocal are you? How loudly are you professing your faith? How loudly are you walking out your faith in Jesus? And tonight the title of this talk is The Worth It Cost. 
And I'm gonna say, there is a worth it cost to following Jesus. There is a cost attached to following Jesus, but man, is it worth it. It is worth it. There is a cost to following Jesus. Grace is free, but discipleship has a price tag. Grace is free. The blood of Christ we freely accept, but discipleship, being a follower of Jesus, has a price tag. It will cost you some friendships. It will cost you some contacts. It will cost you some parties. It will cost you some spaces. It will cost you some jobs. It might cost you a reputation. It might cost you a relationship, but it is worth it. Here's why. It's worth it because Jesus is worth it. It's worth it because Jesus is worthy. Now we, we have this, this dilemma with everything. We're always thinking about, there's this business term, okay? It's ROI, return of investment. We think in terms of this all the time. What's the cost and what's the benefit? What am I gonna get out of this thing? It's gonna cost me X and I'm gonna get Y. It's gonna cost me $5 and I'm gonna get this boba. I'm gonna whatever. It's return of investment. If I invest in this company, or this Bitcoin, whatever. If I invest in this thing, what am I gonna get out of it? And we ask ourselves that question a lot when it comes to Jesus. Well, like, is it worth it actually? I wanna say this, we don't follow him because we get X, Y, and Z. We follow him because we get him. We don't follow Jesus because attached to the Christian Jesus church thing, we get all these perks and benefits. No, 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 we follow him because we get him and he's more than worth that. He's more than worth that. If you've ever struggled in your faith and I'm like, dude, what am I even doing this for? Like, why am I going to church? Why am I walking in purity? Why am I distancing myself from that crowd? Why am I not smoking weed? Why am I not drinking? Why am I, why am I even doing all this? What's the benefit? Can I tell you the benefit as a name? And it's Jesus. It's just him. And here's the thing. If that doesn't sound attractive to you, if that doesn't sound like something that you want in your life, then I would ask, what's your perspective on who he is? What do you think about Jesus? Do you think he's just somebody who wants to modify the behavior in your life? Kill your vibe until you can't do things. Or is Jesus the one who freely gave himself, laid down his life, for you on a cross said, I'll take the sin. I'll take the the guilt. I'll take the shame. I'll bear it on my shoulders. I'll pay the price for it. So they don't have to. And so that they can have relationship with God. If that's the Jesus, then that that you have the perspective of the man, you're on a good track. But if you're picture, if your mindset, if the way that you see Jesus is just like, well, like we do the church thing and the youth group thing, and you know, I guess it's cool or whatever, but like, I don't really know what I think about Jesus. Then I would start asking yourself, what do I think about him? What does the word say? Because the way that you see Jesus has a lot of impact on your life. We're going to move on from that. First Peter 3, 14 Uh, Second part of verse 14 into 15, he says, so don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. I love this phrasing from Peter. He says, 
Don't worry or be afraid of their threats. In other words, don't be afraid when people are persecuting you. Don't be afraid of people when people are mocking you for your faith. You're living out, you're, you're, you're saying no to certain things and you're, you're doing it. Like you're, you're walking the walk. It's awesome. He says, don't worry or be afraid of their threats. And then he gives you the solution. He says, instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. So how do we not worry or be afraid by worshiping Christ as Lord of our lives. It's, it's not, you know what? I should figure out this whole thing about worrying. I need to figure it out. No, Peter's literally simply laying it out. He's like, as you prioritize Christ, you're not gonna care as much about the haters, so to speak. You're not gonna care as much about the people that have things to say that are chirping at you, that are making all sorts of comments about your faith. The more that I center my life around Jesus, and I put him at the center. He's my focus. He's my everything. I start not caring as much about the opinions of man. He says this, he says, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. We say this all the time, but Jesus is not just the savior of your soul. He ought to be the Lord of your life. Many of us, we love the gospel message but we don't love the discipleship message. We love the fact that we're forgiven of our sin. We love that. Love that for you. That's awesome. We love that message. Dude, I'm forgiven. God's grace, blood covered my sins. Awesome. But we don't really like the whole discipleship thing very much. The whole following Jesus narrative, the whole following Jesus instruction. It's the difference between savior and Lord. Man, he shed his blood for you. But there's this quote from this, this old dead Christian dude. It's, I bid thee come and die. I bid thee come and die. And that sounds really harsh, but it's this extreme way of saying, come to Jesus and die to what you thought was important and get the revelation of what he thinks, what he's called you to, who he says you are. As my time with him increases, my need to be accepted decreases. You ever wonder why it's so hard to balance Jesus and your relationships, Jesus and school? And we, we wonder, okay, well, dude, I feel like, you know, I, I come to youth on Thursday and it feels great and the vibe and the worship and the message and the small groups. And I'm just like, I'm gonna go do it. Let's, let's take the school for Jesus. Let's come on, let's do it. Then we get to like Monday, Monday morning and it's like back at it, like nothing changed. It's because if you don't have daily bread, if you don't have daily manna, a daily walk with him, you're just relying on what happened last week. Get in the mindset, get in the rhythm right now of having a daily walk with Jesus. Think about it this way. What we say having a walk with Jesus. And it's because I don't want my relationship with him of him getting ahead of me and then having a sprint to catch up with him. We think of that about Thursdays or Sundays. Oh Lord, okay, I fell behind. Okay, oh wow. I gotta have to catch up with you there. It's a daily walk, striding together. Okay, Lord, 6.30 in the morning. What are we doing? Give me the play. Speak to me, fill me up today. What's your word say? Fill me up with your love. 
Continuing on, 1 Peter 3, 15. We're almost done. I'm gonna call the worship team up. 1 Peter 3, 15. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it, but do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Have you ever been wrong about somebody? Like you thought you knew them and then you were totally wrong about them. Like you spent five minutes with them. And you're like, dude, this person is actually awesome. They're really cool. I thought they were lame, but they're really cool. Uh, I've, I've told this before, told a story before. There was these twins at my middle school, Ricky and Toby. And they were like quintessential nerds, okay? Like just dorks, okay? <laughs> and everybody, it was like the cool thing to make fun of them and to just mock them and stuff like that. And we were all, we were in middle school. What did we know? So I'm in eighth grade, they're in seventh grade. Everybody's making fun of them and stuff. And I'm kind of joining in. And then over the school year, I, I think I, I had a couple classes with them for some reason, or we were in like PE together or whatever. And over the course of the school year, I started talking to them more. And I felt so bad because I was like, dude, you guys are awesome. <laughs> you guys are so cool. Like you're way cooler than my friends who are trying to be cool. Like actually, you guys are awesome. Over time, over the, the course of the school year, I was like, dude, why was I making fun of these guys so much? Why was I mocking them? Why was all that stuff? I had no room to talk. I had no room to make fun of them because they're, they're actually awesome. Why do I talk about that? It's because of what he just said in 1 Peter 3. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they'll be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. I wrote it this way. Be the type of Christian that people feel bad making fun of because you're so loving, so kind, so gentle, so considerate, and so calm. Be the type of Christian that's hard to make fun of because your faith is so real. How about that? Because your faith is evident everywhere you go on your school campus. Every class you're in, every day at PE, every morning and after school, you're just there. You're just loving God and loving people. And you're just kind and considerate and patient with difficult people. And people are like, dude, I wanna make fun of you so bad because you believe in this guy, Jesus. But I can't, why can't I? Because there's something different about you. Because <laughs> you're so stinking loving all the time. You're just kind all the time. What's wrong with you? Not even a Mr. Rust, are you mean? You know what I mean, guys? Like you're not, even a lot one guy, you're just nice and you're kind. You're like, yeah, because you wouldn't believe what Jesus has done in my life. Amen? Like, come on, let's keep that in perspective. People are like, dude, what's different about you? Bro, you have five minutes? Let me tell you my story. Let me tell you where I was and what God's done and brought me to now because you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe the last year of my faith. You wouldn't believe it if I told you. And you sit down with people and they're like, oh, that's why you're loving. Because God's loving. I get it now. That's why you're kind. Because God's kind. I get it now. That's the beauty of our witness. The beauty of walking out our faith. Finally, before we close, I know so many points, but there's so much scripture to get through. 
He says, if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. I'm gonna ask you this question. I think this is important. If someone asks you tomorrow, hey, why are you a Christian? Like, I know you're a Christian. Like, well, why? What would your answer be? Because it reveals a lot. Hey, why are you a Christian? Uh, I mean, like, my family goes to church and stuff. You know, like, I just am. You know, I've kind of, like, I've always been a Christian. Whatever that means. Can we be people that are so bold about Jesus that when people say, hey, why are you a Christian? We literally say, because I'm a sinner and Jesus forgave me and set me free. Like, that's the gospel. If we really believe in the gospel, why don't we profess that? Like, let's get on our school campus and when people are like, hey, why are you a Christian? There's like other people in the crowd that are like, you know what, like, just cause like I like the cross necklace, like whatever. And you're like, yeah, because I'm a sinner who needs forgiving. Jesus did that work on the cross and now I'm set free from my sin. How about that? That's the story of my life that I was in one place and now I'm in another. When we stand and close in worship before we go to small groups. So God, tonight we, as one group of teens on a Thursday night, we just surrender to you. We place our hope in you, our trust in you. I feel like tonight I'd be remiss if I didn't give an opportunity for this. You know, we're talking about Jesus. We're talking about the cross, being forgiven of our sin. And I know there are some people in this room who have never decided to follow Jesus. The gospel is simple. That God loved the world so much that he sent his son, Jesus, as a sacrifice to die on the cross for your sin and for my sin. And it's only by his sacrifice on the cross, believing in what he did and that he rose from the grave. It's only by faith in that that we're saved of our sin and forgiven. So if you've never had a moment, place your faith and your trust in Jesus. I want you to talk to God right now. Under your breath, just say, God, I admit to you that I have failed. I've missed the mark, I've sinned, but I'm coming home to you. I believe that Jesus' blood shed on the cross was enough to cover my sin, that he paid the price. God, I, I choose today to follow you. I yield my life to you. So Father, tonight we surrender to you, we thank you. In Jesus' name.
was such a great word. I hope you were blessed by it. I know that I was. Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast feed for any future messages and also to follow us on Instagram at The Rock Church YCH to keep up to date with everything we have going on here. See you next time. Thank you.